Hey guys, I hope all is well. Thank you for listening to the Crown Refs podcast. This is Game Notes 006 featuring Dylan Berner, who is a Division II women's basketball official from Denver, Colorado. We talked about 13 or 14 different plays on this episode. Um, this podcast is also available in video form, so you can catch it on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, and there's links on Twitter and LinkedIn to uh, see the episode as well. Um, if you want to join the Crown Refs newsletter, the free newsletter, all you have to simply do is text "serve the game" one word to telephone number two two eight two eight. So two simple instructions: text "serve the game" one word to two two eight two eight, and uh, you can add your email privately through text message. Hope you enjoy the episode. Have a great day. Hi, this is Dylan Berner from Denver, Colorado. Thanks for listening to the Crown Rest Podcast. Serve the game. Boom. You're a one-take wonder, my friend. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but we'll just run through uh, some plays on the timestamps that stand out. And I think there's some definitely some good plays to, to look at. Just one thing about like your signaling, uh, just try to focus on getting that fist up a little bit straighter. A couple times it was crooked. I know I indicated that in the video as well. Um, yeah, but I, I got I one, one that I saw, I got a little excited because I was shipping it. I was like, ooh, I get to ship this one. So I got let me turn into it. Right, right. I, got, I got excited, so. Well, that's the thing. We get excited to to punch or now now that the NCA mechanic has changed, now it's going to be behind the head point. But but we get excited and, and that rushes our process sometimes, you know? Um. I thought there was one or two of those times where you were shipping it where you might have got a little jumpy and maybe rushed a little bit. Um, but off top, which, anything you want to talk about right now before we just kind of run through each stamp? I think it'd be best for us to kind of run through the stamps and uh, get, see what we got. This is a new NCA men's player control foul for the 2021 season. It's a mechanics change. The mechanics committee has eliminated the closed fist air punch signal during a player control foul. The proper mechanic should be one, stop the clock, two, point to the other end, three, place a hand behind your head, signaling a player control foul. Now, the explanation for change was too many times when an official used the air punch with the closed fist. It was misinterpreted for a count the basket signal. That's coming from J.D. Collins, a a memo that he put out on Arbiter. Play number one, when rotating in the lead position, try to avoid blowing the whistle until the full rotation is complete. Just one thing to be be, um, conscious of, like when we're rotating in the lead position and we're still moving or we we haven't completed the rotation yet, that's not the most ideal time to have a whistle i think our percentages drop a little bit if we're still kind of rotating because that's the task at hand um so just keep that in mind as kind of like a backdrop now i think you kind of stopped here but you had a pretty quick whistle right after that did we have um ball before body here what did you see on this play uh she went she went through her shoulder um to to get to the ball uh did a good job keeping in her outside hand to make that shot in order to get to that block she went through her body to make that to get to the ball that's a really strong hit signal i like that a lot that was good i stole it from uh, greg nixon uh, over here we on the men's side you know greg nixon the name uh, sound familiar. he likes to he likes to really hit it mm. so, yeah. 
<laughs> that was nice. Play number two, illegal screen, or is this a foul on the defender for pushing through the screen? All right, I think this is a really good play to look at. We have an illegal screen here. So we got an inbound here. Now you went with a illegal screen there. Just talk to me about that play now, looking back on it. She definitely didn't allow by rule uh, her normal step uh, in order to, to make an adjustment off that screen. You know, she, by rule, she's allowed a normal step. She she definitely wasn't. She popped out. Uh, didn't set what I felt as, an illegal, as a legal screen. That's interesting because the screener takes all the contact here. The screener gets knocked pretty good, right? Correct, correct. I mean, I think if you want, you want to make a case where the screener was still moving a little bit laterally, I just think we should have penalized the more significant contact. What, what appeared, I don't know, appears a little bit more obvious to me, like it would be a, a push through the screen. Did you consider calling a foul on the defense at all? No, I, I definitely thought um, I, I had a legal all the way. Um, I thought I picked it up pretty early for coming – um, that action right in the middle there. Because we had a lot of screen action right there, right? We had a, um, a right. bunch of screens coming off it. And uh, I thought it did a good job of picking up right away and, and getting that, uh, that illegal screen there. Uh, and, I, and I agree that the, she, she took the brunt of it, right? But because of her illegal action, that's why, that's why we had that um, excessive, or, you know, that, that push through. So it made it, look, made it look worse than it was, right? I mean, look, you're right there. Just keep that in mind, like, as a, as a kind of a guideline. Just get, just get what looks a little bit more obvious or get, like, the more significant contact. And it doesn't have to necessarily apply to this play, but it could apply to a future play. That make you know, that makes sense in the moment when you kind of feel it. Um, but I want to look at your, your signals here. I thought you – let's just go back at that play. I just thought you rushed the signals a little bit. I was definitely crooked on this one too. You know, as you see it here, um, this was not the one I thought about where I was excited to shoot it, but you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not um, strong as I need to be. You know, I'm not, you know, I know you had Ed Rush on the, on the show. He always talks about stabbing the wall when you, when you, when you put it up there, when you, when you put your hammer up there. Um, I definitely didn't feel like I, I stabbed the wall there. I was, I was more of a, just kind of a, a bring up or a, a turn like you pointed out. But I stabbed the wall there, stay strong. And then point to it. Now we know it's and it's clear. Um, but I, I know you said don't don't use two. Right? We said we said don't let's not talk about using two at the same time. Yeah, for a couple of reasons. Number one, I think it speeds you up a little bit. I think it speeds up the process because you have the ability to kind of do more quicker. So, and I think, and I also think it, it doesn't look as strong and, and as composed as, as if it's just one hand. Stop the clock. Boom. Going this way. Point. Or. Yes. You want to use the left hand, no problem. Stop the clock. Boom. This way. You are listening to the Crown Rest Podcast, the audio experience for basketball official officials. Serve the game. Serve the game. Play number three. Go away, stay away. Recognize when plays are leaving our primary area of coverage. 428, I had you a little too high in trail. It looked like you were kind of watching what I don't necessarily think you should have been. 
But like right here, that play's not yours. Right, right. Uh, as soon as it's leaving you right here, it's gone. So don't even adjust up and then try to like, you know, peek down the pipe. I agree. So just, yeah, yeah, just, I step down to create that better angle versus stepping up and on. And just recognize when plays are leaving you. That's the end of your responsibility, and it's like, all right, next look. Where's my next look? That play's gone. Don't need to stay with that. But this is like something really small, you know, nothing culminated out of it, but just habits, habits and sequencing. Play number four, when rotating in the lead position, always show effort and urgency, but we think you could do this without running. 14-24, uh, we have rotation and foul. I feel like we lose connectivity to, to the play or to the players. Um, so just rotate and then, you know, lock in your feet, then you're ready to rep the play. So you're rotating, rotating. I think you got to get over a little quicker too. I agree. I agree. As soon as you – you got to kind of have a feel for, for this offensive player right here and what she's mm -hmm. looking to do. And you're just hopping in a cab going with them. I like that. But but you see the lack of urgency kind of getting over there? Yeah. Like it's gotta be just speed walk. I don't want you to run. You don't need to run. But just a brisk speed walk would have looked better here and put you in a better spot. Cause then you're then you're kind of late getting to the position and then you have a whistle on it. What did you think of the whistle? I mean she's not uh, I do lot I think she lost that verticality. Uh, I do. I do feel like she she came forward to her versus staying vertical. She's from and she was she's a good jumper. You know, like uh, I think this is the third time I've had them. She's she just goes straight up with them. Uh, then you know we don't have anything. But I do feel that she came forward and that lost that verticality. And she hit her body, or did she did she block the ball too? Body. It was it was another. Um, um, and, and I agree. It, it looks like it could have been a good block, uh, uh, but at that moment, I thought she came through body to get to the ball. Play number five, we have a really solid blocking foul from lead. Showing composure and poise should always be our norm. Okay, 18-41, we have a block from the lead. You have a very calm and composed demeanor here, um, and your communication on the spot and the timing of your signals is excellent, too. Let's take a look. So I wrote double down on that style. It's important to find the things that you love that you do and just times them by 10. Right. Double down. Double down. My favorite blackjack. That's how I play blackjack right there. Double down. <laughs> You're a gambler? No, no. That's how you live in Las Vegas, man. You can't gamble. Yeah, just everything about your demeanor, your timing, when you raised your fist, when you went to the hips. Just calm, composed. So that was really strong. And really clean signal at the table, too. I like that a lot. I'm really big on, on, on presenting both at the spot and at the table. I just I think it should look strong all the time. Um, right, right. And, like, you're doing a lot of things that look really good. So good work. Play number six, we have a player control foul. Is there enough displacement by the offensive player? I think these are the hardest plays. Not a block charge play, but a charge no call play. 
So with this here, I, I, when I saw it, and, and you know, as I look back on the film, I definitely, when I saw it, I think she just put on the brakes and the girl just went and maybe even embellished a little bit when I saw it in game. And now as I go back and look at the film, I do think she, she got it with that form, gave her a little extra nudge going that way. Will help. I mean, just look, these defenders, it's, it's possible for a defender to embellish and try to sell his call, but still get fouled. And that's a sure. hard line for us to recognize because we're kind of like, you know, we're blinded by the flop and we're blinded by the embellishment, but it doesn't mean something didn't happen before that. You know, so is this one of those plays? I don't know, really tough to tell on film. I do know her arms went up like that, which is an unnatural motion. Yeah. You know, it, it, it is, it does indicate it could be, could be a flop. Um, but you were there, you were right there. You were in a good position. I do think I missed this one. And I, and I told, I told Jordan, the coach, I, go, uh, I said, Hey, I, I think I missed that one. I go, I, I do think that there was a, a push out there. Whatever I said to him, I said something mm -hmm. like that. How did he approach you? You know, he's really, he's, he's really good. You know, he looks animated as, you know, as you see on the film, he looks, he's very animated, right? He's always like this, always doing this. But most of the time, 99% of the time it's to his players. When he talks to us, he's very calm. I got you. Okay, sounds good. You know, he'll ask if he asks us a question. Generally, we've done something. We've missed something. So when we talk about it with him, he's always good about it. Very cool. What do you do for work? Uh, we're from Southwest. Oh. Are you a nice. Are you a pilot? Oh no, uh, I work on the ramp. Okay. I work on a, so I load your bags and push your plane. Nice. And you work on your signals. That's right. Out of time, you know, she used to see me. I call a lot of fouls on my on my uh, cohorts, on my on my fellow employees. <laughs> I'm always working my signals out there. And I'm like, well, oh, no, that's too hands on, man. Sorry, we're, we're gonna go right here, you know. So, I'm, you know, like, cause people, you know, we got to bring in a plane like this, and you know, we have to have certain. So most people kind of just go like this, or they they go like this, you know, kind of half-assed essentially. But I'm always I'm always up here working on to make sure it's or my you know my. My wand is always way up there, you know, make sure it's, A, make sure it's done right, and B, that kind of plays what we do here. Wow, so that's why you have such strong signals, because of your day job, working on the runway. <laughs> so I just spend a lot of time in the, in the, in the mirror talking scene about, uh, you know, what I do. Very good. So, it shows. It shows, and you know what it is? One, one thing why mechanics are so big, it shows that you work hard. People that don't have strong signals simply don't work at it because no one is born with great referee signals, right? It's a right. learned skill through practice and repetition. So per people with strong signals, you know, it just shows shows the how hard they do work. Play number seven, we have a rebounding foul here. Just a quick mechanic tip. Focus on using the same hand for the fist and the point. Um, really, really good cleanup whistle here. I just, I want you to just make an adjustment, not point across your body. And again, not, not using the two hands at a time. This play, if you just stay with the right hand, boom, you stay open to the play and the players while you're pointing the direction. So you don't even need to turn and rotate. You're all right there, perfect position. Foul, we're going this way. That's it. Yeah, I agree. I definitely lose uh, connectivity with the players when I, when I make that turn right a chance to lose any bad things that could happen. So if anything, I go, you know, I hit it with 
with my left and, and point with my right. That's something they do. We do talk about on the women's side. I, I hit with my left side, point with my right. Um, but I agree. I definitely don't need to come across my body like that because I lose all sight when I do that. I mean, look, listen, I, the way you presented it looks a lot stronger than others that go across the body. So, like, again, we're nitpicking. You did mostly everything right. We're just looking at a couple things, maybe a couple habits that maybe we can change. Um, sure. And it's just, we're just simplifying too. It's just making your job easier, I think, by, by eliminating kind of excess. Yeah. Um, a lot, I, I know a lot of times when we're going the other way, whether it's a legal screen or, or, or charge, we're quick to turn our heads and point or punch in that direction. But again, we, we lose all the dead ball officiating there by turning our head. Absolutely, absolutely. So just stay connected um, until the uh, the other official switches with you. But good. Well, we don't do that punch men switch, man. We don't we don't do that uh, run all over the place and switch. Right? Oh yeah, I know. I like your <laughs> rotations much better. Always have. We like we like to stay and talk to the coach or get yelled at by the coach at least. Have a discussion <laughs> with the coach. I just had a really good discussion with um, – I interviewed Dan Hughes, mm -hmm. who's the uh, head coach of Seattle Storm. Okay. Yeah, so just a one-on-one -on -one coach and ref. I'm asking them all ref questions. It was really, really good. Play number eight, we have a block charge play. Make it a habit to lock in the secondary defender before the primary defender gets beat. All right, so 2347, I wrote, get your eyes to the secondary defender a little bit sooner. You know, as soon as the primary defender is getting beat, we should shift our eyes to the rotating defender um, coming from the top of the paint. You know, you have the right call here, but I just think if you get your eyes there sooner, that's going to allow you to view the play a little bit longer. Um, and another uh, takeaway I wrote is to focus getting on Focus getting your arms straight up. We talked about that. Let's take a look at this play. So, like, like right here, your feel for the game is telling you this primary defender is beat now because of the back cut, right? So, right. you have to immediately kind of start shifting. Like, be that early with it. Have that much of a hunch for where the play is going. This way, your eyes are just waiting there. Mm -hmm. So I just think you were like a split, split second too late. And listen, we've all watched the ball in this spot and been a little bit late getting there. Most important thing is you got the play right. Yeah, it's, and, um, you know, with, with, the, with the women's mechanic, it is a little different than high school and, and men's now. So that's still my primary there. And on the backside, technically, that's my primary defender as well. So that's, you know, we have that conversation all the time in the women's game, like, well, is the secondary defender the, uh, the, the trails or the secondary defender of mine? But because she's beat like that, I'm now able to make that adjustment or should be able to make that adjustment to where I have to pick her up and, and make that correct call, which in this case I, I, was, I did. I got lucky enough to do it right. Um, but with our coverage areas, that, that is my primary area right there. Even, even on the catch right now, um, on the inbounds, my primary coverage area on the back cuts. Um, still got to be able to referee essentially all that going on there with the help of the trail. So, When you're refereeing two players from the lead and you're kind of in the corner like you are here, 
just it's it's a good rule of thumb to just kind of take a step back or a little wider to kind of open up your shoulders to now see both players whereas we're not just turned and, and looking at the primary here and then having a turn if we just kind of take a step back open up then we kind of already have it in our vision right it's kind of a weird spot especially when you know you're responsible for two players like you have someone here but you have someone waiting over here right yeah but we got it yeah i definitely agree that big step back uh, step back to create a field of vision so we can't see it mm -hmm. love it definitely gotta be done then you just take a step to the play and close down once yeah. kind of like um the crash is happening definitely gotta keep that hammer up like i said i got i got excited there I'm like oh this is well that's that's but I got I got a little excited with a crooked hammer there. Or I think I leaned into it, leaned into it a little too much. <laughs> and instead of just it was, a, straight. it was a little little hunched, a little crooked. Remember, tall, big, strong, yeah. straight, but good good whistle there for sure. Did that defender you called a foul on lose the verticality? Is that why you had a whistle here? I don't think she ever established legal guarding position. Um, as you can see, that uh, that uh, the ball handler, our, our shooter now goes from an A to B type spot where instead of going to the basket, she's now going towards me. Uh, and that, that is from the contact generated by Red 11 there. She definitely never gains legal guarding position, even stepping to her with that right foot there, thus sending her, uh, creating that illegal contact that I, that I got. And where was the contact? Uh, it, was, it was lower body. Uh, was so she was, she was good here, right? Uh, she was good in, in a vert uh, with her arms straight up. But uh, lower uh, with that right hip stepping toward her, uh, she, that's where she got with that contact. Okay, so that's why you reported a block. Because in the notes, um, I wrote you should probably report a hit, but that's just because I thought it was the contact was high. I thought you had called non-vertical arms, so it's good to report a block here if you have lower body contact. Um, you know that A to B play or non-vertical arms, it should. It, I think it should be a hit. Agreed. Yeah. You no. Know, like we shouldn't put a we shouldn't report a block when contact happens in the air too. Right. Right. And I, and I think she had, you know she gone to that gathering that, that shooting motion already that contact by her stepping forward again with no legal guarding position uh, caused her to uh, the, our shooter now to go from going towards the basket to now going towards me. Play number nine, Cadence Whistle. After giving the primary official the first crack at it, come with a secondary Cadence Whistle. It should sound a little different. That was excellent. That was excellent decision, timing. I mean, you gave the lead a second, right? You gave, you gave it that breath. Yeah. And then you came with a cadence whistle. It's always nice. It's always nice when you're, when you, when you're given lead first crack at it and you give it that breath, meaning it's just that, that one second opportunity for them to have a whistle. And then it's clear that they don't. And then you boop, boop, come with that secondary cadence whistle. It's just perfectly done. Thanks. Cause this is the leads defender, even though it's, it's on your side of the paint, you have a great look at it. We're going to give lead first crack because it technically is a secondary defender. So lead is responsible for that. But you probably have the best look at it. Um, I like your punch as well. Your arm looked a little bit more straight, straight up. And your reporting is really, really crisp. Really crisp. 
My, my, I think my, when I'm looking at back, I, I just wish I would let the players clear a little more and then reported it. So now, now the table's not having the, what's he got, what's he got, you know, like, so yeah. here I'm reporting now with players, players coming through, you know, I should, should let them clear. Yeah. Now I got white 25 offensive. You know, that's, that's, that's just me kind of like sitting there picking or. You got, or caught, let, you got caught in some traffic. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody likes traffic, man. No, like, we got a lot of it here in Denver, man. I, I'm telling you, it's it's crazy how much traffic we got here. Come to the Bronx. <laughs> Play number ten. We have a made three-point basket and an off-the-ball foul. It's important to have even more patience on these layered plays that require multiple decisions. So you got to push through a screen and um, and a made three. These are like layered plays that are difficult. And you have to really slow down and kind of process. And for me, it's a little bit un uncomfortable, like that moment of foul off ball, made basket. So just the more you can slow yourself down, I think it's, you're going to be feel more comfortable. Um, and I thought you executed this really well. You got to push through screen as the ball, as the shooter's releasing it. So we're counting that and we're scoring it. And teammates getting the ball spot of the foul. Or, yeah, know. the only thing is I didn't like my, you know, if you, if you look at it, my, my spot placement was was incorrect. So, that's, you know, that's something, again, we got to be aware of where the foul occurred. You know, we've now gone on the women's side to what you guys do on the men's side with the four spots. Okay. So, but even then, it still should have been at the spot of the foul because there was no team control because of the, the shot attempt. Uh, so, it should have just been uh, nearest the spot of the foul instead of one of the four designated spots. So you wait, you're going to go near nearest spot. It's, it's one of the four marks. No, no team. So now with you guys, so with no team control, right? Um, now we don't have, we don't have team control. So now we just go, we go nearest the spot. Would you guys only go four spots? Yeah. On fat on fouls or violations in the front court. Yeah, so we go, so we do that with team control, those four spots. But if there's no team control, now we have to go nearest spot of the foul. It's now, one that we tell, hey, this is, this is silly. Why don't we just go one of the four designated spots? Um, you know, and, and let's, let's, let's see if we get to one of those four designated spots for it. But they, they like team control, which I, I understand. Um, but we, you know, the, the four designated spots seem to make more sense like you guys do. So, um, there wasn't team control at the time of the contact there. Well, if she's in, her, if she's if she released the ball, right? If she's in a shooting motion, if she's in a shooting motion, yeah, she still has ball within her shooting motion. Now we have team control. Now, if that, I'm saying if that ball's in the air, now we have no team control, right? Right, right. But I think, I mean, at this, at this time, yeah, at this time it should have been one of the 28 spots. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Or one, one of the four spots, not 28 spots. Sorry, one of the four, one of the four spots. One of the Play number 11, uh, back to rotating in the lead position. If you're uncertain, don't be in a rush to get over. Yeah, yeah. Spinning like a top hat out there, man. Uh, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Doing the back and forth thing here, right? Well, the, you know, I looked at it. I'm like, why was I moving so much? And the, the last two or three possessions, they had been running um, kind of that uh, European-style offense, pick and roll, reverse, pick and roll, reverse, pick and roll, reverse, and it had me going. Uh, it's a new wrinkle they hadn't done yet through the whole game. Uh, so it would settle, 
and then go back. They would settle, then go back. So it had me back and forth, back and forth. So at that point right there, I was like, I was doubting myself, essentially saying, I got to get over there. Nope, hold on, let me put on the brakes and get back. So I, I just, I was factoring, I think, too much into what they had been doing and got in my, my head a little bit and just got to get out of there. Just let referee what's going on. Yeah, I mean, we've all we've all shown like this indecisiveness in the lead, whether to go or not. And you go a little bit and you get stuck in the middle. You don't know whether to keep going or go back. So I know the feeling. Um, I just don't think we need to rotate here. Um, you know, your offensive player has the ball in the corner. Don't need to rush over right now. But we see the cutter coming. So you're just not going to have time to get there. You know, once that cutter's coming. Maybe if there was no cutter and then you wanted to rotate over as A1 still had the ball in the corner to situate yourself. But, like, one, once you see that cutter in the lane, I just don't think you're going to be able to get over. So you might as well just stay where you're at. I agree. Yeah, I agree. I definitely should have, should have stuck there. And, you know, the way they've been running it, I knew it was going to be coming back. So I agree. I should have stayed. Play number 12 for those awkward and ugly plays that are both difficult and confusing. Give yourself an extra second. Sometimes plays wind up playing themselves out. Yeah, my, I think my only thing when I process is what if she comes down with it? You know, what if she comes down with the ball? And then I could have been more, you know, like I said, I could have been more patient. She comes down with it. Now I got a held ball. And so, you're right. So I'm just letting it, let her get her shot up. Um, but she definitely got the hand on top of the ball. Uh, as she's coming up, but you're 100% right. I should, I should have been uh, more patient with it. Uh, she comes down with it. Now I can hit that held ball. Um, but like I said, she got that shot up, so I agree. Just It's just letting the play breathe and letting the play continue and not pushing the stop button on it because it felt a little uncomfortable and awkward for a split second. Just see what happens. Take a step back, take an extra second, Let it let it play itself out. In this case, it's going to play itself out for a made layup, and you're going to hold the whistle and say, "Wow, that was a good that was that was good patience right there." I let that play go on. I did not need to stop it. Now we stop it when the ball's in the air. So we have a we have a jump ball, a held ball, but the ball's in the air, and she's making a layup. So it just it just doesn't look right. So just patience, adding patience to patience. It just play, plays reveal themselves to you a lot clearer when you give them a little bit more time. I agree. I agree. You know, and I, and I, you know, this being, you know, uh, I do, I need to work on that patience, work on that patience, work on that patience. So we don't have stuff like this as well. Cause like I said, they reveal themselves. So allow the plays to reveal themselves. Let's see what happens. Good stuff. Um, which level are you working? Uh, this is, so this is D2 here. Um, the RMAC is division conference. That's that's my highest level. I work uh, D3, NAIA, and uh, JUCO as well. A nice school here locally in Colorado, Denver. How many years you been at the D2 level? This is my fourth. Uh, just this this was my fourth year here. Just finished my fourth year this year. Got you. So you're you're on you're on the doorstep. Knocking. We'll see. We'll, we're we're knocking. Uh, so we'll, we'll keep trying to work to get there. And I'm sure just like you, we we keep working, putting in the work and take that next step uh, so we can yeah. see the, the check, right? All right. I'm surprised that you didn't have a whistle on this play. I think I feel like you wanted to. Uh, I, feel, you know, I, I feel I, like I, you I, wanted I, to. 
my, my R had an immediate whistle on it. Um, and then my thing is, uh, I think you pointed out very well, is that I got to get over there quicker. Uh, we haven't had any type of contact like this through, through the whole game. This is just one of those plays where, um, and this girl's a physical girl. She, she's a, you know, she plays physical. She just gambled and, and not took the right line. Um, but I definitely 100% need to get there quicker. Um, just to be sure, make sure we don't have any extracurricular activities. Yeah, because once, I mean, the trail has this matchup right here. Once that pass goes, you have this defender now who's trying yeah, to get I, to that steal. I mean, you're the most connected to this play. It just a lo it looks a little lopsided with the way the trail, like, came in and got it kind of in front of you and then and then ran in to, to close down. Um, you're playing with my pants right there instead of appreciating mm. the best. <laughs> I mean, it's a good job of you guys getting in there, making sure everything was all right. Was there anything unsporting that was said in this encounter? No, she was actually really good about it. So, you know, while, while that girl is very physical, she's also a good sportsmanship. She goes, hey, sorry, you okay? Help, help get her up. Um, I did. You know, we were right there. Nothing was said. You know, no, no extra push, no extra elbow, nothing like that. So we were good to go from there. Play number 13, this is a non-negotiable. When providing explanation to a player or coach, Always handle your business first. Okay, now, what was your interaction with the coach here? Uh, so, I said it was a clean swipe. She grabbed and threw it over. Something along those lines is, is what I had. I don't remember my exact wording, but uh, she picked it clean and then threw it over her shoulder. Were you frustrated at the moment of your response? No, um, I think, you know, I wasn't frustrated. I was just a little surprised by how it all went down. Uh, and I, I didn't, um, my verbiage to the coach probably wasn't the cleanest it could have been. You know, it, could have, it was probably not the most concise. Um, it definitely could have been more uh, detailed. Hey, there's a clean pick, no control. She gathered it and then threw it over her shoulder. Because uh, she wanted a foul there. She thought that, uh, that there was a foul but she does a nice job of poking the ball up from behind. Uh, they both had, they're kind of tussling for possession. White gets it away, tosses it over. I, and I, uh, I guess my, my, my surprise was to the reaction by the coach because I thought she had the same angle, but she was just what we all, or you would all do as a coach. She's working for her players. Uh, so again, I could have handled that one with my verbiage a little bit better. Well, here's the thing I wanted you to handle first, and that was, and that was the play. And that was your responsibility, yeah. right? Yeah. You know, always handle your business before ever providing an explanation to a player or coach. So in this case, your business was to point the direction because it looked like your partner was looking at you for help. So instead of like, like you turn your back on, on the actual play to go give a response to the coach, they don't, they don't get to inject themselves into our process into into our decision making process the play was still going on so don't ever acknowledge a coach that they don't get access to you at that moment you know because right. right. then right. then they take away from what we're supposed to be doing they take away from our performance yeah and i and i thought i thought uh our trail i thought he had he had already seen it i thought he had already gone with it that's why i turned uh but i agree 100 i, I got to stay there make sure he's got that signal uh, and when he asked for help, which he did, as you see with his hand up, because that's not something we do 
uh, on the women's side, we don't have that hand up like that. Um, I should have come up with, with the direction, the proper mechanic, whistle with the point, uh, and then I can then I can address her. Then I can say, hey, this is what I had. And also anticipate that your partner is going to ask you for help on this play based off the ball originating right there and her chucking it over her head. Your partner might not have a good look at that. So just just know as soon as she throws it, all right, I'm on this play because he's he's probably going to look over to me. And then as soon right. as he does, boom. It's the quick transfer of duties, of responsibilities. Yeah. Partner, help. Do-do. White. Just want to open up to you if you have – if you have any questions about the report or referee questions in general, anything else I could do for you? No, I mean, really, we, you know, we kind of talked about, you know, um, you know, my anticipation, my movement before, um, you know, has to improve. I think you did a great job of addressing that, of how, um, like I said, anticipating or, or feeling the game has to, has to step and make those steps to improve, to, to get better. Um, you know, you pointed out some great, uh, small little details and while we call it nitpicking like you and I like I said are in the same spot we're trying to get to that next step that nitpicking is what essentially gets us to that next step right uh, so those little things that you pointed out which I love um, are really going to help me improve and get better to where I want to where I want to go uh, so we do see it uh, working at that next level the highest level we want to go I think you're well on your way, bro. You, you, you did a lot of things that were, were very impressive. Cool, man. This is great. I, I really do appreciate this. Uh, I can't say enough about it, and I, re I really do appreciate you. Uh, what you do for the referee community, for all of us trying to get better, uh, I, I really, really do appreciate all that you do. Thank you for listening to the Crown Refs Podcast. Serve the game.